Good evening folks and welcome to episode 4 of 2 Minutes for Chatting podcast with myself Sam and good man on the other end of the line Stephen. How you doing Sam? Very well yes, how's things? Not bad, not bad. You had a good week? I have had a good week, yeah. How about yourself? Oh brilliant, a highlight week, highlight week of the year. Into February now <laughs> and uh, getting... Getting the the light mornings and the the evenings are getting getting brighter and all that sort of stuff. See, see when people say that the nights are getting the nights are getting shorter, or are they yeah. are they getting longer? No, well, they're obviously getting shorter. They're getting shorter, but see, this is the thing. But the light in the evenings is getting obviously longer. yeah. So the way it goes is that to the summer when the cl- clocks go forward, yeah, you've got this thing where. When it was eight in the morning, it's actually nine. <laughs> Technically, it should be darker in the morning, but obviously you've got longer daylight hours, so uh-huh. it just doesn't. Right, okay. I think that's how it works. Right. Sure some daylight. Me, but I was just thinking about that the other day. Why don't they just make it half eight and then we don't need to turn the clocks back or forward? Yeah, well, exactly. Why don't, they just, why don't they just get rid of time? Just get rid of it. Just work based on the sun's position. <laughs> if it's cloudy, fuck it. That's it. On your desktop computer, in the bottom right-hand corner, you'll have a wee sundial on it. Exactly. Like, let you know what the time is. Or what, what you perceive to be is time. Yeah, yeah, because time's not even there. Time's non-existent at this point. Time's just not a thing. You don't even know what time is. <laughs> Anyway, episode four, we're in. We're good to go. Um, a few things we're going to go through this week. I think you'll take everybody through it, what we're going to touch on. Yep, I'll quickly go through the rundown. So we've got, on this episode, we've got uh, clans results against Fife for the weekend. Um, the results of our another online player poll of the weekend. Player poll of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> who's yeah. got the best pole <laughs> it's a vote for who had the best pole <laughs> this weekend as the oh. best pole that, see we're asking the we're asking the, the real questions yeah. the questions everyone wants to know the answers to <laughs> uh, we'll talk about um, some players leaving and players coming in to different teams around the IHL Um I'll maybe do a, a brief summary of the Super Bowl that could tie into the clan in some way. Um, we'll talk again about football. This time, Stuart Reagan leaving the SFA uh, and potential new uh, national team managers. We'll go into that a wee bit. Uh, and then we're going to do, we'll perhaps do a new section related to football and food. But we'll, we'll come on to that. And then... It's any other business again, and do we want do we want to give people do we want to give it away so soon? No, I don't think we do. Tune in. Okay. See me this podcast. You got to get to the end to get the best bits. Exactly. I was trying to think of a comparison there, but I can't really think of it. Between this podcast and other podcasts. Between, not really between anything. Just sort of having to, having to wait for oh, the right, best okay. moment. Uh, I don't know, maybe what about like a, a Cornetto? 
where you get down right to the bottom with a wee chocolatey cone bit. <laughs> yeah, okay. Suppose yeah. it depends what you like. If you're right into like apple seeds, it might be an apple. Get rid of the shite on the outside and then tuck in. If you're drinking, you right down to the, the dregs. If that's what you're into, then, you know. Dragging it right up. I don't drink at all. I drink, I drink nothing. Nothing at all, nah. Just, just eat. Nah. <laughs> just eat, eh? As a, as a wee plug <laughs> for the old online food ordering app. <laughs> of course, other, other online yeah. food ordering apps are available. Yeah, there's Just Drink as well. Just Drink. I'm Just Eat. Anyway, so will we have a quick discussion about the, the weekend and what happened for the old clan? Indeed, let's get to it. So it was two games at the weekend against the old enemy, the Five Flyers. I thought you meant England there. That would be interesting. Uh, and it was it was a split weekend, so we we beat them on Saturday night at home, three two, and then they returned the favour on Sunday, beating us five two in the end. Um, I think going back to the predictions. I said exactly that. Yeah, I believe you did. I think I went. I went three points, didn't I? Yeah, I think so. Um, could have done with three. Yeah, I said overtime loss on the Sunday, but it was kind of it was kind of like a, a mirror image of last week as well. Obviously, the same result, but same kind of same kind of way that we lost. We we went in front and then yeah collapsed. Yeah, um, it was on the Saturday night. Uh, having seen the highlights, I wasn't there personally. Uh, it looked like we deserved to win. Yeah, I would say so. Well, again, judging from the highlights, I wasn't there as well, but uh, we're doing well here, aren't we? Yeah, no, we're keeping it going even though we weren't there, you know. Uh, it was <laughs> a, a couple of good goals in it. The first one from Bjorkland was a good uh, a good wrist shot in the break right in the top corner. Uh, you had Brace's goal, who... Scored at a good time actually because Fife had just taken the lead. Um, yeah, Brace kind of put it back across across the keeper just within a minute. I think of them going ahead, which turned out to be crucial. Even though I think Clan were potentially dominant in the game, if Fife had stayed ahead for a bit longer, the heads might have gone down. But it was uh, good to respond that quickly. Yeah, it was it was ideal. It was ideal time to to pull the pull the goal back. And obviously that's kind of helped us, helped spur us on to the victory in the end. Yep, it was a, a good, a good bit of skill from Poulan uh, pinching in and dragged it onto his backhand, and it kind of took a nick off the Fife defenseman's stick, I think, and found a gap uh, through Andy Isles and managed to through the Isles, through the Isles, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it was. I think if it hadn't taken the wee nick off. Off the stick, I think it was straight into the straight into his body, so that was good. But right, no, in the end, a, a deserved win, I think, and much needed. Yeah, definitely a, a much needed win against Fife. First, first win against them this year. Obviously, with the exception of the the Scottish Cup. Um, but to be fair, the cup's more important, though. Well, some some might argue that. I don't know who they are, but they're arguing it. They're arguing it, yeah. Um, no, so it was, yeah, it was, it was good. It's good to show people that actually we can beat Fife this year and it's not like 
the way it was last year in terms of we won every game, I think, right up till maybe near the end. Um, mm-hmm. But they obviously replied on the Sunday where we took the lead twice, I believe. Um, both times from Petone, mm-hmm. who's uh, finding his scoring touch. Yes, yeah, it's, it's nice to see, I have to say, especially when being out injured for a while and then uh, coming back in, he's kind of settling in again. Yeah, and then uh, the old classic Fife and Fife coming back at us and too much in the end. And I think I think we we kind of needed four points this mm-hmm. weekend to stand any chance in terms of the conference. Uh, although saying that, I think did you see the the news about the the conference changes to towards the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that. Which basically means, I think, what I took from it, the conference means hee-haw in terms of seeding. <laughs> I think that's what everybody's taking from it. Um, don't, I don't really know what the what the league are playing at with that kind of thing. They just, they just kind of again, once again, just kind of makes a mockery of the league and they kind of set up. Yeah, so you've got everything's basically taken from league position now. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless one of the conference winners doesn't finish in the top eight, is that right? In which case they would come in in a, a given seed. Yeah, I think that's what they or whatever it is. I, I think I think they would come in, in in eighth place. In place of whoever was in whoever finished eighth in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again it would be seventh if if somehow two teams didn't manage to win their conference, but Yeah. No, so it's uh, rather interesting now you could say, but it means that the conference title's basically worthless, although I think if Fife do win it, they'll have probably deserved it this time. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair to say. Um, they haven't really had any sort of much in the way of competition this year, I'm afraid. Um, not from us anyway. Not from really anyone else, other than maybe Dundee, you would say, but Obviously Edinburgh. Now more so than D, yeah, but I mean at the start of the year Dundee struggled a wee bit. But looking yeah. at the conference, I mean we are four points behind, having played two games more. Mm-hmm. Um and then Dundee are two points behind us, having played two games fewer. So that makes that makes this weekend a big one. We'll come on to that in a wee minute. But um I think if we just have a look at the other results uh the weekend, unless you want to touch on anything else regarding the, the clan games? Uh, no, I can't really can't really think of anything other than I'll I will say that um a, a stroke of genius from from John Tripp it seems putting Mikhail Gutwald as a power forward kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely definitely paid dividends for us. Yeah. I think I'm kinda of missing that given that Shattuck was injured, but maybe even he wasn't having the impact that people thought he was going to in that role yeah no I know it's kind of at the time it was a it was a bit of a strange one because I mean we were we were kind of thinking at the games you know the the kind of logical choice would be to move Cameron Burke up to up to a forward line because I felt like that would that would leave us kind of short at the back and I guess it still kind of is in in some ways but um you know, you've you've brought a guy like Pullen in, who's again he's he's coming in basically giving giving the rest of the team a kick up the arse, it seems. 
Yeah, he's done really well. Um, I think Trip likes Burt coming from the back. Yeah. yeah, playing out from the back, but uh, Poulain again has done really well, and I think we thought he would. They played really well in the league last year, and mm. uh, he's a good player, so I'm glad that's worked out. But it'll be interesting to see how close it actually gets in the end, in terms of getting in that that eighth spot um, with Dundee absolutely hot on our heels. Yeah, well, we've we've coined this. Hashtag Operation Playoffs or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, not not a fan of that, I have to say. No, nah, it's nonsense really, but... Because as soon as, as soon as you lose one game, that's it. I mean, what are you... Yeah, that's your Operation Knackered. Your Operations, yeah, it's knackered at that point. Yeah. What's the angle? I don't, I don't get it at all. Yeah, it should be Operation Win the League every year. Operation, Operation Win 50% of the games. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're only in uh, 45% at the moment. Yeah. Um, so, in the league, we had uh, the double header of Cardiff travelling to Belfast. Mm-hmm. Um, Belfast winning on the Friday in a shootout, I believe. Yeah. And uh, then Cardiff hitting back on the Saturday uh, with a 3-2 overtime win. So, mm-hmm. that's... Three valuable points for Cardiff there in the hunt for the league. Yeah, so they effectively just split the split the games, pretty much. Yeah, um, especially both in Belfast. That's yes, yeah, they'll be satisfied with that. Ah, uh, considering I mean Cardiff have what eight the eight points clear or something like that at the top seven now, but having played a game less than Belfast. All right. Okay. So I mean, even that, it's, you know. That's quite a gap at this stage. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so you'd you'd probably expect them to go on and, and win the league from there. Yes, I would have thought so. It'd be difficult to see somebody pegging them back. I mean, Fife have got four games in hand on them and they're 13 points behind. So even if they win that, yeah. those four, they're still five points behind. Uh, I, think we, I think we can identify their, their title hopes on Saturday. I think you'd said that. Yeah, yeah, a wee bit, yeah. Um, they although they maybe have a stronger, uh, an easier run in, as you put it, in terms of the conference, that might just be too much to claw back, given they've got a couple of injuries and stuff now. Mm-hmm. But um, Manchester as well, though Manchester coming back into it, only three points off Belfast, and uh, a couple of really good wins at the weekend, especially on Saturday. I think they put nine past Coventry. Yeah, nine nine one at home on Saturday, followed by a, a seven five away win at Sheffield, which yeah. is yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, enough unheard of. Yep, having been three goals down, I think at one point or maybe more than once uh, in Sheffield. Yeah, aye, I think I think it was um, Hammond getting four goals, I think, against Coventry on the Saturday, uh, and he's. Having looked at the stats, he is by far and away uh, the top point scorer in the league, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And to be honest, having seen him last year, I'm not really that surprised. He's got 68 points from 41 games. That's 27 <laughs> goals, 41 assists. Then you've got John, John Dunbar from Guildford. Yeah. 
he got a hat trick as well at the weekend, didn't he? Yeah, he's been great as well. He's, yeah, uh, yeah, he's been. He's really, really done well. Kind of not so much a surprise package, but Guilford, in fact, Guilford in general had been a surprise package. I would say how well they've done. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd agree with that. Especially, I mean, the results talk for myself, really. Um, to go go back to Milton Keynes again and get a shutout on Saturday, and then to and then to put seven past Coventry, albeit Coventry are kind of struggling to say the least. Yeah, struggling. Yeah, um, but it's still, I mean, to put seven goals past anyone, yeah, impressive in its own right. And they're really dangerous, I think. But when it comes to the playoffs. You can't see many teams necessarily wanting, sorry, necessarily wanting to face Guildford because mm-hmm. they've got a lot of firepower. Uh-huh. Good goaltending, obviously. Brian Stewart's back now from injury, um, yeah. so they've got him and uh, Carozzi that they brought in. That's uh, that's two top goalies and the offensive power. Mm-hmm. There's uh, you can't really write them off. No, definitely. Um... It all depends, I guess, like where they finish in the league and who they eventually end up getting in the playoffs that will kind of dictate their fate. But no, they're, they're going well now. They're going strong. Yep. Um, Dundee, who we're going to touch on as being Clans' next next opponents with a, a 5-4 win at home against Edinburgh on Saturday. And then they lost 3-0 in Nottingham on the Sunday. Um, sneaking past Edinburgh, I, I thought, Given the sort of turmoil at Edinburgh, they'd have maybe been a bit more comfortable there, especially at home. But they'll take the two points there because that's that's big in terms of the conference. And well, let's write off the conference as being important. The eighth place. Yeah, let's just let's just ignore the conference. Yeah, altogether. I've still got it in my head that it's a seeding thing, but it's that's no. not anymore. So it's eighth place, but every win Dundee can get is is crucial. They've done really well. Yeah, they have. Um, and again, although, like although it's Edinburgh, not like I know you were saying, like they're in turmoil and stuff like that. But they're always they're always just kind of tricky to play against, especially in like conference games. If you want to, if you want to spin it that way, because like well, obviously they came to Brayhead recently, and it was a close, it was a close game there as well. Yep. So they can, like they can, they can match other teams in the league. Yep. It's just finding that extra, that extra burst. Yep. No, exactly. Um, the Mountain Keynes Lightning, I think, are the last last games we've not really touched on. They were shut out at home by Guildford, as we've said, um, but then went to Edinburgh, a tricky place, and won 3-0. So that's a good result for them, given that recently they have been struggling a wee bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, to get like again, it's against Edinburgh, but to get to get a shut out at any point uh, in the league is impressive. Um, Especially away from home, and we know what Milton Keynes are like away from home. Not, not the, not the best, but um, they had to have some kind of turnaround after, after a poor display on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. No, they'll they'll take that, and I know they've got a few injuries. Only had thirteen skaters the the other night. Uh, Might have been last or this weekend. Uh, certainly in the home game. So to get any win for them is good, given. The suspensions and obviously player being released, but uh, Steelers, as we said, losing at home to Manchester on the Sunday, but they squeaked past Nottingham five four on Saturday night. But kind of 
still not getting that consistency at all that you're sort of used to with a Sheffield team? Yeah, I know. I mean, they've been banging in the goals at one end, but um, this weekend it just it seems as if they were leaking them at the other end. And by all accounts, I think uh, Nottingham were really quite upset that they didn't manage to get anything out of the game on Saturday. Yeah, they've seen that as a as a chance. Certainly, I think when you you go on the road and score score four, you like to think that you might get something, but not the case. Um, Sheffield usually is associated with being up there, challenging for the league, but I think they might just have to settle for a as high a playoff season as they can this time. And we know what they can do in the playoffs. Yeah, we've seen it before previous years that it doesn't really matter where they where they finish in the league. Um, they can always they can always do it in the in the playoffs. And I don't know, like I think normally in hockey that would be that would be the big the big kind of major trophy. But um, obviously it's not kind of doesn't work the same way here. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if they do do pick up in the last few games and how high they get because that's really close. You've got um, between Nottingham currently in seventh, up to Belfast in second. There are nine points separating them. Um, right. So that's that could all change every week, and that just shows that the league's as competitive as it as it ever has been. I would say uh, in terms of places. Yeah, um, I think so. It's kind of like the year the the league kind of improves year on year, really. Um, and I think kind of during the week, John Trump did his uh, um, like kind of question. Thing I don't what was it called? It's not. It's like question time or something. It's question time. <laughs> like on when he uh, Twitter takeover or something. Ah yes yes sorry yep got you. It was somebody had asked him a question, um, what he thought about the league and stuff, and he said he was he definitely kind of it. Well, I don't know, the wording was kind of different, but it was as if he was kind of he wasn't expecting it to be as as much quality as it, as it was. Yeah, that that makes you wonder sometimes when. Guys come in and take a job and don't really know what the league's like. Yeah, true. I think it's maybe maybe partly down to the way the league's run. Yeah, and it's also not really got much exposure. It's not got a lot of exposure, but just the way it's run is very unprofessional at times. Like as we've just seen in the last well today, wasn't it? Yeah, the the, the on ice is better than most of the off ice stuff. You'd have to say. Yeah, agreed. So just the the games coming up. This weekend for Clan, uh, it's home and away against Dundee. And I'm going to say that I think we need four points there again to to remain favourites, if you like, for that eighth place, if you could call it that. Yeah, I think that this weekend should be should be known as Operation Playoffs because this is this is the big one. Yeah, these, these are the two games you you know we need four points from. Yeah. And I, you would, you would win in regulation. Yeah, you don't want to be given Dundee points. I mean, they've got uh, three games in hand in, uh, on us in the league, and they're mm-hmm. only one point behind. So, yeah, you'd you'd expect if if games were evened out, they'd probably be be ahead of us. So, I would say four points a must. Yeah, I would agree. I'm going to go with that. Um, obviously, the, the main event on Saturday is the return, as we said last week, of Captain Fantastic. Um, and I think that that might give us 
the boost on the Saturday to take two points, certainly, at home. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know what effect that'll have, really, given that you've got a group of imports, maybe, who don't know them, but is that just nothing to do with it? It certainly give the crowd a boost. Yeah, it'll give the crowd a boost. Um, maybe, get him in, maybe get him in the dressing room beforehand. You'd like to think that. Aye. Because he's, he's a kind of figure that I think would get the respect even of somebody who who doesn't really know him. You've obviously got the British guys and the imports will be aware of what, what he what he was like for the club, I think. Yeah, I think so. And obviously like he, he played a number of years in, in the NHL as well, so uh, he's got that in his bag as well. Yeah, I think pe- people know of him. Yeah. So I like to think that with that, certainly being at home, we can take the two points, but you never know, Dundee certainly come right back into it. And with a team of at the start of the year, you're looking at their recruitment thinking they're quite young and experienced. just shows you that if you get a team playing to a system and up for it and enjoying it, that you know you can basically do anything, really. Yeah, exactly. No, that's it. We know, I mean, we've spoke about Omar Pasha before, but we know what you can do and who the kind of guys that he likes to bring in. And again, even during the season, bringing in the likes of Cody Carlson. I mean... Like we know, we know he wasn't particularly great. He wasn't particularly great here for us, but um, he'll certainly do a job and yeah, and I help him to shore up, shore up the D. Yeah, and you've got the kind of one or two sort of skillful players that have really stood out, like Levesque, and they're kind of taking the team, mm-hmm. taking games by the scruff of the neck and really standing out. Yeah, definitely. Almost like the Scarcella mold uh, the year before. Scarcella, I think, was a bit of a, 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 a kind of one-off in terms of how good he really was at Dundee. Yeah. But they've got that really sort of small, skillful player that most other teams don't really seem to go for. Yeah, I know. It's, it's quite interesting um, how like how players like that kind of manage to slip through and end up end up playing in this league. Like so Scarcella and like Matthew Siska and even Mike Hammond to an extent. Yeah, I mean, really, guys that are really small in stature, and yeah, it was, I think I think the physical side is a lot of coaches will look at and maybe almost put too much emphasis on. Um, I don't know if they don't don't think that they could cope um, with the style and things, but being bigger rinks and mm-hmm. just depends on how guys adapt and what system you play and getting them on the puck and giving them space and things. But he's he's basically. The man that sort of runs it for Dundee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be two, it'll be two interesting games. But as I say, four four points is a, an absolute must. Yep the the game in Dundee will certainly be a crucial one in terms of determining the, the final positions, especially if we do win on the Saturday. Yeah, because uh, they're strong at home, and I think if they, even if they manage to get a point from Saturday and then win on. When on Sunday they'll be in the driving seat for it, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely. Even if we split it, even if we split the games. Yeah, yeah. And not not being in the top eight, I think, is basically just a disaster. Yeah, it's. It There's no other way to put it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, had we started this podcast earlier on in the year, we probably would have been speaking about that for for hours on end. Um, yeah, every week recurring theme. Yeah, but it is what it is. So just need to go on with it now. Um, 
we're going Operation Playoffs, so this is it. Yep. Uh, other couple of other notable things that happened in the league. Uh, departures and tying that in with bands, I guess, and what we touched on last week. You've got the, the Nickerson incident, of course, and uh, subsequently, I think we kind of thought this, but he, uh, he left Milton Keynes. Yeah. Um, well, did he leave or was he, was well, he released? Well, released, yeah, but I think it, it would have been a pretty strange one, certainly in the eyes of the fans and stuff, to, to keep a hold of him. Aye, definitely. Um, but I'm, I'm assuming they still can't dress another import for however many other games. It yeah, is. no, that that'll be the case. I think it's the, I think it was six six games. Yeah, six in total, and then and then fourteen where they can. But it's uh, yeah. it was a mental instant, and I would have been amazed had they had they stayed on there. Yeah, I think I think we would both think that. Um, I think it's, it's probably the right decision. Uh, Milkins have made whether they'll whether they'll find another club here or not is remains to be seen. But yeah, well, I don't think it'll be this year. No, not this year. But perhaps at the start of next season. But who knows? But it does it leaves it leaves Milkins a bit a bit short now, and they're kind of we were kind of hanging about with Wales and Dundee and Coventry. They kind of fell off a wee bit. Yeah, definitely. They're um, they're seven points behind us. Two games in hand, but yeah. they are like Coventry, sort of starting to drift away, and it's almost looking as if it's between us and Dundee. But you never know because teams can go on a run and of wins, and the same way a team can go on the uh, can start a slide, and it's difficult to to change that when you're losing losing games. Yeah, uh, that's that's it. Um, you've hit the nail on the head. That's kind of the way things go in, in hockey you know you get periods of ups, ups and downs throughout the season um, luckily we are kind of I would say on the way up but you, you need the results to go with that and we just we just can't seem to get four points at all when was the, when was the last time we had four, a four point weekend? I don't remember to be honest with you uh, I could look back but I think it'd be the pressings growing up so far <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll say we'll say a good while ago. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. So, like, we're in the position we're in because because of consistency, really. Yep, just haven't had it. We've not had it. Um, whereas, well, from the start of the, this calendar year, then you know Dundee have um, with only well two losses now, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Think, yeah. Exactly. That's that is the form that gets you in there. Yeah. So we need to find it. I think. Well, certainly the players must have realised it by now, but every game's crucial. But every game's crucial the whole year in this league. Yeah. It just seems to be that when it comes to that time, sort of dogfight time, that things start to change. But, well, as you said, it is what it is this year and got to go on with it. Yeah. Well, that's it. So, Nickerson's away and then also got a couple of departures in Edinburgh. Yep. It was a bit of a shock to guys, certainly Vorobiev, probably one of their best players, and yep. uh, Kolesnikovs, who came in after the start of the season, both going to Poland, and that's that makes you wonder what's really going on there, um, and how much they're actually going to be able to compete the rest of the year. Yeah, it's just a, it's a kind of same old story in Edinburgh. It just ha- it just happens all the time. Like 
you can't help but feel sorry for for fans that actually go like pay their money and go there every week. Yeah, I think a lot of them are starting to turn against the club. Uh, as you would, it's you can oh, be yeah, paying hundreds of pounds for a season ticket, and every year they can't seem to keep a hold of a a roster. I mean, Vrobiev's been there uh, for a couple of years now, and. Uh, been one of the best players in the league, I think. Certainly, probably Edinburgh's best, most dangerous player. Um, yeah. So it's not as if he's just come in for a season and seen what it's like and left. There's mm-hmm. not sure. Maybe something something deeper that don't really know. Kolesnikov's again. Have they been offered a, a huge pay packet or what's going on there? Both away to Krakovia, Krakow. Um, so. I don't know if somebody's come in and basically pinched them, and Edinburgh have needed to take the money, or how it works. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how it works. I don't think that would be it. just judging on the kind of caliber of of player that Vorobiev is, and uh, obviously there was a their top goal scorer last year and uh, second top this year behind um, Mike Cazola. I just can't help but feel sorry for them. Uh, they just I don't know I don't know what it is if it's if it's the people that, that are running the running the club or whatever. Um then you know they, they need to get that sorted out otherwise they're they're not gonna be around for yeah. much longer. Yeah, I mean you look at the, the games that they've got left and teams will essentially be going in there and playing against them thinking, well, that's two points and uh as bad as it is, they're probably kind of not far wrong. They've still got some good players, but just being that depleted, and you'd be looking at whoever it is that has to play them the most times almost is kind of an advantage. But see what they can do sometimes if you've got that much sort of adversity, whatever it is, they might uh, come together. Because obviously it's Durazzo now that's doing the coaching side of things, and you never know, they might still produce. Yeah. A couple of shocks. Could do. I don't. I don't know if they said that they say they were going to replace probably, them. Probably, probably standard chat to appease the criticism. That's you know they can't be seen to just letting players go without without being in the market. Yeah, without being in the market for new players. But again, we'll see how that one goes. Last kind of player movement was Nottingham with another signing, Mike. Vascivio or Vascivio, however you say it, <laughs> signed from Brest in France, uh, having previously been with two teams in the East Coast League this year. Yeah, and he is Finnish. He is Finnish, but he's he's older than 28. Yeah, he's 31. I was having a look at his stats. Obviously, elite prospects general manager again here, but started out the season playing at Orlando Solar Bears and then Florida Everblades. Incredibly. Yeah, we didn't manage to pick him up. Yeah, what's going on there? What's happened to the scouting system broken down or something? No idea. So, yes. Yeah, again, he said that, but he's he's had seasons where he's he's racked up a lot of points, and then other seasons not so much. But yeah, again, as we've, we've spoke about before, it depends what what kind of system he's playing in and what the coach wants him to wants wants yeah, him to do. A winger um, scored some pretty decent numbers as you say in, in certain places but see how he fits in certainly um, Pither who they signed previously has definitely hit the ground running I know we said that last week but he scored again this weekend maybe maybe twice but he's fitting in well and it's just it's just how a particular player fits in and you can never judge judge anybody really by 
without seeing them play. No, exactly. That's it. And you know, we, we kind of, I think we kind of do that when when clan sign players. You know, we obviously obviously it's nice to have a kind of a mix of players that have had some decent, uh, at least AHL experience or whatever. But it's difficult to judge judge a player without having yep. seen them play. Yeah. So we'll see see how he he gets on. They've obviously had that great start and now making a few changes um, in time for the running. And uh, again, not the sort of team you want to face in the playoffs. No, definitely not. I think they've kind of they've turned the corner maybe a wee bit as well. Although maybe not getting not getting the results at times, but there's definitely a, a noticeable change from say yeah, maybe a month ago. Kind of picked up a wee bit, and that makes all the difference. Yeah. Really, we've got a few. Dops suspensions handed out this week as well. Obviously, the Nickerson one last week, but the main one this week was uh, Jay Rosehill, who's probably got a season ticket in the Dops office. <laughs> Seems to be. He's never out there. No, did you see the incident this time? I have seen it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they obviously admitted that the check itself was, was fine. I, I actually thought that call was a wee bit harsh anyway you know the stick kind of come up into Phillips's face but I'm not so sure uh, it was a, a necessarily a check to the head what do you think about that? I don't know I, I think I don't know it's difficult to tell whether a player's got intent to go out and hurt somebody or not but you wouldn't like to think so but you you can never really tell with Rose no. um, he's had he's had previous uh, in the league and that's what's killed her. I mean, you don't like to think that referees are making calls uh, based on, on the name on a player's shirt, but he's certainly got that repeat offender tag about him now. And Yeah. I mean, he's probably getting close to having been suspended for more games than he's actually played. <laughs> but like, uh, like Zach Fitzgerald for, for us a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly... He's obviously the captain in Manchester as well, Rosehill, so... Yeah, it was a, that was an odd one, I have to say. But they uh playing great stuff uh, after after he went off. Yeah. I mean, he went off right at the, at the start of the game, didn't he? A few minutes in it was. Yeah, I think so. The incident itself was relating to throwing his stick as he went off. <laughs> um, so petulant. Yeah. You can't help but feel, obviously, the fact that they've filmed him going off like that gives gives every <laughs> chance to see something happening yeah. and obviously they've got every right to do it but the camera's following him yeah. all the way off and uh, you know if that's not happening or mm-hmm. switches off him a couple of seconds earlier none of that probably happens no exactly well if, if that happens at, if that happens at any other arena in the league you're probably not getting it on camera because it's just straight down the tunnel. You're not gonna. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the setup there. Obviously, he walks down the side of the plexi, and uh, yeah, the camera was able to capture that. But so, I mean, he's he's got this reputation now, and you know that teams will be playing against him, trying to wind him up, knowing that maybe you can get a man advantage, uh, and even get him chucked out, and that's not good finity. Maybe as much as he'd like to defend the actions must be tearing his hair out a wee bit. Yeah, but I think you know, there was kinda there was kinda glimpses of that last year. Although I although I don't think he I don't think he got a big a big sort of ban as such, but 
um, when you when you sign a player like that, you you kind of you have to know what, what kind of comes with that. Yeah, no, I, but just given that extra responsibility, the captaincy and stuff, you'd have thought. Yeah, it's strange. It would have it would have calmed it down, but <laughs> it's uh, it's obviously what about 60, 15 odd games to go or something. So mm-hmm. missing out on the next five and. We'll see what, what else happens in the running, um, but I think definitely will be targeted by opposition players and even referees. Yeah, I think so. Um, that's kind of what that's kind of what you've got to do, really. Um, so it's just it's just a, a test for for Rosa whether he can keep his head or not. Um, we've got two other notable suspensions: uh, Andreas Yamton of the Steelers, two games checked to the head. Uh, against Manchester in, this, in the, the game we're talking about, the Rose Hill. Did you see that one? I haven't seen that one. I've only seen the Rose Hill one. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it, it does kind of come up the shoulder towards the head. I think it's Lyndon Springer that that he hits. Um, obviously, people are, the thing that gets people is the consistency between incidents and the length of ban that's yeah. given out. But I certainly think. Uh, a ban for that that particular instant uh, is justified um, and he's had a couple of wee niggly instants before he obviously plays on the edge um, but no that one I think was fair enough yeah I would say that's kind of that would be a kind of justifiable ban I think for for that kind of hit um, I don't really see the need for for any more than that yep and you had um, Kevin Noble of Coventry Getting the same same ban two games, um, also for a check to the head. Mm-hmm. Having seen that as well, it's a bit. It's a. It is, I think, a bit of a a nasty one. He uh, comes from a fair distance and moves upward from what looks like it's going to be a kind of fair check position. But okay, um, he's. I don't think he's the most likable character from other players' point of view. <laughs> Uh, he likes winding people up, but he yeah. tends to tends to be sort of the guy that gets away with it in a way, kind of a lot of niggly stuff, but never never right in the the forefront of incidents. I think that's what annoys players as well. Yeah, I think so. But I think, like, as as you say, if it's kind of it's kind of a similar thing, then uh, I think the the two games is is justified. Was it was it kind of similar to to? Uh, um, well, it. He comes in from further away, I would say, Noble. Um, yeah. But he does kind of, the shoulder does kind of come up. Okay. Um, but I think that's the, so, that's the, kind yeah. of, that's the kind of letter of the law, though, isn't it? Like, if, you know, it's, it's the same kind of penalty. Uh, yes, yeah. So obviously there's a bracket around that about the number of games. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they can complain too much about them, but maybe people think otherwise. But I think it was fairly justified um, but it's just as I said the consistency that people are wondering about in terms of the incident compared to the ban that they're getting and comparing that with mm-hmm. between incidents um, but certainly at least they're kind of appearing more uh, professional in terms of the player safety stuff Yeah, albeit the various controversies around different bans yeah I mean it's not it's not the the IHL with a, a controversy of some kind, but uh, no, of course, of course. That that one, the one earlier on, the uh, 
I can't remember who it was. Well, it was obviously a Sheffield player because that's how the uh, the whole thing had to be kind of. Oh, was it Andre Devoe? I think it might have been, yeah. And he was given what was it? He was given a one-game ban for something. Oh, uh, Fretter, right? Sorry, oh, Fretter, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Fretter instant where he he hit Galakos from behind, yeah, and that's when it all changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I seem seem to have uh, settled on a um, a sort of rule now. So hopefully they can hopefully they can kind of stick by it and um, fairly judge any suspensions that are forthcoming. Yep. Um, I think in terms of the, the hockey stuff, that kind of rounds it, rounds it up. Um, if there's anything else you want to, to go into with that? Uh, I don't think so. I will just I will just quickly say, though, that obviously on Sunday night we had the Super Bowl. Yep, yep. Um, so I was out. I was out watching it uh, in, a, in an unnamed bar in the city centre. And then a few minutes before the game started, all the clan players came in. They were all watching it in the bar. And uh, I just, I, I couldn't couldn't help but notice that uh, Hamelainen was like, he was very heavily limping as he was coming in. But I didn't, I didn't know if he, if he'd get injured from, from the Fife game or not. I wasn't sure. Right. Or he was absolutely hammered. Or he was hammered. <laughs> Saying that they must have obviously, they must have come straight from the game. Yeah, uh, they kind of appeared that way. I don't know. They kind of, they must have just got obviously the coach back to to Brayhead and then just got a taxi from there. Just jumped straight in a taxi. Were they wearing Brayhead gear? Some of them were. Some of them. Right. Some of them had a change. Right. And was it a good night in general? Yeah, it was a good night. Um, obviously, I'd uh, on the, in the preview last week, I'd, I'd picked the Patriots to win. So I just <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course I did. So it just goes to show that I know absolutely nothing about more than one sport. What was it like in terms of a game? I, I saw a wee bit at the start, um, but was it? What would you give it out of ten as a spectacle? Uh, I think it was it was pretty good. I would I would probably give it an eight. Although I would say um, it's definitely. It was one of the one of the better Super Bowls I'd seen. Like obviously last year was a good one. The Patriots came back from twenty eight three down to win it. Um, but this year it was just a case of uh, kind of neither defense were were playing particularly well at all. There was a lot of missed tackles and stuff. Uh, a couple of the touchdowns, the Garrett Blunt for the Eagles ran through, broke through three Patriots players, and then James White uh, going the other way again. Just kind of running through people, missed tackles and stuff. So it was kind of, it was end to end, um, but both defenses weren't playing particularly well. In a way, though, that's what you want to see. You'd rather that that you saw a bit of kind of mistakes and mm-hmm. sort of unexpected stuff rather than being as regimented as it sometimes can be and predictable almost. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. It was kind of. It was just basically back and forward for most of the game up until uh, near the end when uh, the Eagles managed to uh, get the ball back off Brady after he fumbled it. So, and then uh, the game was pretty much done after that. Um, although the Patriots did get the ball back, and then with like three seconds to go, Brady th- threw it into the end zone, but um, nothing came of it. So, uh, if if they'd got that, it probably 
um, with the extra point, it probably would have went to overtime. But uh, just and then, is it go to three on three? <laughs> um, not quite, but something like that. And uh, what did you make of the halftime show? I I really liked the halftime show. I have to say, it was a good performance. I've seen a lot of mixed responses, but I think Timberlake's pretty good. He's a good showman. You could you had uh, you could say the the greatest showman. You could say yeah. <laughs> um, you had the I guess the guy who's who's come out the most famous from it was the the young lad who had the selfie with him in the crowd. <laughs> Hashtag selfie kid. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit unfortunate that he perhaps didn't know most of the words, or it was it was ex- looked looked rather uncomfortable. It was extremely awkward. Yeah, but uh, he'll he'll be forever remembered there, and he's got a a memento, if you can call it that. Indeed, yeah, uh, of that moment. But um, he could have picked somebody who was more lively or more of a Timberlake fan. <laughs> And I'm surprised they didn't, given that the, how well set up the rest of the stuff was. Yeah, true. I mean, I don't know, he's probably just... That bit was probably unrehearsed. Yes, yeah, I think he was just there for the... Unless he was unless he was rehearsing with the intention of being awkward. <laughs> yeah, there is, there is always that possibility, but <laughs> perhaps less likely. Yeah, I would say it's less likely. The only other thing I'll say about... When we were out as well, was <laughs> just a, a wee funny point when we, where we were sitting, our table was kind of next to the window, and in in this bar you have to kind of walk, you kind of walk down, and it's like a it's like a glass window on the inside as well, so you see everybody that's coming in, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, so at half time, some of the clan players left. And uh, got into a taxi, and there was other ones kind of standing outside. And Hamelinen was one of them. You just see, like he was kind of hobbling about and stuff like that. And uh, as the as the taxi was driving away with some of the players in it, you could see Brace at the window. And just as the the taxi was driving away, just giving the finger to Hamelinen. <laughs> Team bonding and all that. Team bonding. Yeah, I've been trying to see how he is. Maybe he was maybe just a bit stiff. Could be, or maybe what they've done is, given that it's the return of Keith weekend, <laughs> somebody's done a wee number in Hamelinen, and the big number eight is coming back to lace <laughs> them up for one more weekend as the clan captain. I would, I would love nothing more. We'll just need to see how it goes. We'll need to see how it goes. Yeah. See how. See what kind of game shape he's in. Aye. I think he'll be up in section N, banging the drum to his own tune. I wonder if he'll come back. Like, uh, did you see any of the Crystal Maze, the new, the new series? I've seen a wee bit. Yeah, you, <laughs> we know who I'm talking about. There was one guy on it that looked like Matt Keith, but he was right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wonder if he'll. I wonder if he'll come back looking like looking more like that guy, less like the Keith we know. Yeah, so a less less athletic, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I think he's been, he's not been training to be a fireman or something. So we'll see what kind of shape he's in. But I think most people would still take a a barrel shaped Matt Keith <laughs> over some of the other nonsense that we've seen. Yeah, true. Um, want to move on then to a wee bit of soccer? 
Yeah, we'll move on. It was uh, yeah. a couple of a couple of games just on tonight while we're on that point. Uh, the main event, of course, Thistle playing Rangers, finished two 0 to the visitors. Sorry, I thought you said it's another. I thought you said that was the main event. You're, you're also forgetting that we're at home at St. Johnson. Yeah, of course. How could I? Um, How could I? But Thistle, unfortunately, let us down again. <laughs> I'm not even. I mean, are you, are you really surprised? I am surprised. Yeah. Nah, not surprised. Not surprised in the slightest. I think Kevin kind of mixed feelings. Didn't know who to support at that one. Yeah, that's true. Probably there's Royals, Royals banner with him. He's probably still sitting in the Jackie Husband stand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And amongst all the Rangers fans. So. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to, I used to, I used to back them in my predictions. Obviously, I've been going for two away wins recently with them, but I think travelling to Parkhead is it on Saturday. Yeah. That, that I, I can't. I can't go with them, even given Celtic's recent slump of results. <laughs> I know. I think um, if had we had we edited out the other wee bit that I'd said, I could have perhaps got that prediction right. Yeah, yeah, that was a it was an interesting one, but in the end, uh, only one shot on target, which was a surprise from Celtic. But I don't really think they deserved anything from it. To be honest, nah, they didn't. There was no, there was no kind of creative spark and. Um, you kind of brought guys like Charlie Masonda in for that kind of thing. It just didn't happen. Um, you'd, obviously, you'd Dembele and Forrest was kind of back to his old ways again, just kind of non-existent at times. Yeah, obviously, one of the poorer, poorer Celtic performances of late. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, they've not been they've not been flying to the same extent they were last year, but certainly still a surprise. But they, uh, Rogers didn't seem too happy. After no, well, um, you know, I've 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 seen a lot of, a lot of Celtic fans, uh, excuse me, kind of blaming blaming injuries and stuff. Um, but I mean, with the, with the players with the players that we've got in our our squad, it's it's difficult to to justify that at any point. Yeah, they obviously lost. Um, Boyata was it went off. Boyata went off, and then and Ayer. Did he go off as well? Yeah, he did. Uh-huh. So what, yeah. So, and what do you make of uh, De Vries? Would I make a De Vries? Uh huh. Um, rather not say. Right. Okay. Get another keeper in, basically. Aye. I, I, is, is there any word on how long Gordon's going to be out? Uh, I think they'd said it would be around twelve weeks or so. Really? Right. Okay. So it's a long time. Yeah. So they knew that before the transfer window shut, but the only goalkeeper they managed to bring in was Scott Bain. I just, yeah. I just don't really understand that. Yeah, I mean, especially with the the Zenit game and stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The thought need something, somebody solid in there, but yeah, this from the stuff I saw, he didn't, he didn't look great. Nah, he certainly do better. Yeah, there was one, there was one chance I remember he was kind of. Just kind of flapped at it and kind of. Yeah, just doesn't really look comfortable. No, he doesn't. As a keeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, we'll, but no, so, we'll forget yeah. that. Yeah, they're um, <laughs> at home to to Thistle on Saturday. Um, I think they'll I think they'll win that one. Uh, Twelve fifteen kickoff. 
yeah, don't have really have much else to add to that. No, it's, it is thistle. It is thistle, yeah, exactly. So they seem to. Well, they, they, I guess you could you could say they ran as close a couple of weeks ago, but you know, yeah, for him, aye, for him. But I mean, can they do it for ninety minutes? No. Back on the grass as well. Back on the grass. Yeah, uh, AstroTurf obviously not. Oh, not suitable. I thought you were alluding to the fact that Farhill's pitch isn't the best, but. Oh, right. No, no. Okay. No, I mean that Celtic haven't played at Rugby Park at the weekend. Move back to perhaps a more favourable surface. I guess so, but they've got they've got extra tough pitches at Lennox Town, so. Yeah, it's not even anything, I don't think. Nah, it's nothing. I mean, if you're a professional football player, you, you should you, you can play anywhere, surely. You should yeah. play anywhere. Shouldn't be an issue. No, I'd agree. Both teams are playing on it as well. Yeah. Where we go, what else have we? Well, we've got uh, a few more fixtures to cover just on the Saturday in, in the Cup. Um, notable ones anyway. Dundee playing Motherwell. It was a, a kind of tricky one to call. Yeah, uh, yeah. That was a bit of a tricky one. I think I will go... I'll go with Motherwell though. Yeah, I think maybe just. Um, especially given, did they win? They win tonight? They did, didn't they? Yeah, they won 2 0. Yeah, so taking some confidence into that, um, albeit away from home, I think I'll probably agree with you there. Yeah. And then Hearts at home to St Johnston is the other uh, all top flight clash. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take Hearts. Yeah, I think that's the, I think that's the steady, steady pick. Yeah. Um, I don't really I don't see any kinda any kind of shocks as such. No. Rangers uh, are away to Air United on Sunday. Mm. Home win probably. Home win? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it. I don't think I, I don't think I see it, but uh, you never know with that. True, you never know. Aberdeen Dundee United. Yep. Fancy Aberdeen again, but Dundee United not doing too badly. I guess. I just, I don't it'll be too strong at home, Aberdeen, surely. Yeah, I think so. Uh, kind of similar to the the St. Martin game maybe a couple of weeks ago, where you could you could kind of see potentially being close, but I just think Aberdeen are they're kind of hitting a bit of form, obviously with the exception of the Rangers game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll go with Aberdeen there. I think. Yeah, you have to fancy them, Pedro. Staying with the football stuff, we had a a couple of football themed questions or suggestions put into us in terms of stuff we could cover <laughs> yep the uh, the first of which was um, kind of food inspired football names <laughs> so yeah this was this was Kev's idea so basically the one the one that he had said was uh, I think it was Tim Chow and Curtis Main would make Chow Main so basically just now that that's an impressive effort because You've got two names there, and you're putting them together to create a meal. Yeah, so I think that's the that's the kind of premise. That's got that's got to be the benchmark, and I don't know if we can beat that. Mm, I don't think so. I mean, I think you've obviously got you've obviously got players like Massimo Macaroni and stuff, but you can't you can't really put anything else with that. Yeah, no, I, I did a wee bit of research as well. There's a guy playing in Italy called Kevin Lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> which is quite a good name but again of course that's your full meal 
Yeah, exactly. You need somebody like, uh, like for example, I, <laughs> the one I'd had was uh, Paul Ince and Francesco Totti, so you'd have Ince and Totti. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's but a good one. Whether they played against each other or whatever. A different... oh, is that the rule? I think that was the rule, but it's difficult right. enough to just try to come up with them. Yeah. I've seen a couple of funny ones just during my research. Uh, one of my favourites had to be Pita Odenwingi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and this was on a, a list that was all inspired by Joe Kinnear, who's at Newcastle, saying uh, Johan Kebab, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Charles Insomnia. <laughs> oh, dear. Imagine not being able to pronounce your own players. Incredible. Basically, basically any old firm fan that phones up Clyde. Yeah. I mean, Nadir Shiftkey. Shiftkey, yeah. That was that was a good one. I mean, Dado Dado Yeah, had about forty-seven different pronunciations of his surname. Yeah, he did, In- including Preacho, which I never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's no, uh, where he's funny. That? There's only four letters there actually made up sounds <laughs> what about um, Scott Hash Brown <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up on the spot it's pretty bad but yeah it's difficult to get two names together but maybe given some more time in a week we can come up with a bit more uh, Pizza Crouch and <laughs> 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 I'm cheating pulling these from somewhere uh, Patty Nevin. <laughs> oh, I like that one. <laughs> Patty Nevin, that's good. Um, but no, so if anybody who's if anybody who's reached this stage has got any ideas with that, get them sent in. Get using it. the hashtag uh, pizza player or uh, play. food. F- mm, food. I don't know what's the hashtag. Uh, food, food bar. <laughs> <laughs> food bar maybe works. I think that's yeah, that's a winner. Food. So hashtag hashtag tweet us with hashtag food bar. Food bar or food ball? Yep. Either or. And get your suggestions in, and uh, hoping for better than you've already heard, and the likes of Ashley Coleslaw and uh, Ledley Burger King. So, mm. we can do better than that. We can do better than that, yeah. I've got no doubts. Is there any other football-related stuff that you you got in mind this week? I guess we could talk about Stuart Reagan, but... Yep, no. go for it. I don't really want to talk about him too much because everybody associated with Scottish football is just glad that he's away. Yep. Yeah, disaster of a, a period. Disaster of a man. But we'll maybe we'll maybe save that for another time. We'll maybe have a a Stuart Reagan spin off pod. Yep. And we can discuss it. We can discuss it then. Yep. Um just on that I guess there've been a couple of other names put forward for the Scotland manager. Howard Smith. Uh, the the less said about that the better, I think. I don't want Walter Smith back. I think we've got to go with something fresh. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but as you said, like a couple of weeks ago, Klinsman or whatever, but something with fresh ideas, regardless of how good maybe these 
guys are or were at certain things in the past, I think. Call it to change up a wee bit and bring in some new ideas. Exactly. And you know, I mean, like... He's been out out of the game for years as well. Yeah, true. Although he did that before and he came back, but the the only thing is, we've been down this road before with Watersmith, where he's, he's come in, he's taking charge of the national team. And then when Rangers were in trouble, he just fucked off and went to the engine. Do you know what I mean? So I can see it. I can see it kind of happening again, where he comes back, he becomes Scotland manager, and then once Celtic get to nine in a row, he will even go back to Rangers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've you've heard it here first. You heard it here first. Yeah, this podcast will be remembered. Play it back to your grandkids. Indeed. Um. Yeah. No. I, I think I think they've just got to got to freshen up a bit and Aye. bring in some new ideas and certainly. If they can get the best players together playing as good as they can, we've got a chance of doing something. But till somebody finds that magic formula, it's uh, yeah. it's not it's not happening, and it's not happened for years. No, it's not happened for years. Well, while well, this is in my mind, I think we're just kind of come to the end of the football bit anyway. But while well, this is in my mind, will will this podcast be available on iTunes? It will be. Yep, I can uh, confirm that once we get a decent. A decent bit of artwork together. Um, breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, it's ready and good to go on iTunes. I think so. Excellent stuff. Enough, enough listens as it is. We're kind of overwhelmed by the love and support shown. Yeah, definitely. So, I've had people say that it would. It's it's obviously more accessible to people if it's on iTunes. So it just makes sense. Yep. Well, keep your ears perked up, people, because. An iTunes link might go out soon, as early as this week even, and you can listen till your heart's content on your Apple device. Top of the charts. Top sports podcast. Top any podcast. <laughs> Top any podcast. So I guess we're moving on to the final section, um, any other business this week, and the subject that I wanted to bring up was, uh, well I was in Asda today. And uh, outside Asda was a, a van. The van belonged to JML. <laughs> now, JML are one of my favourite brands. <laughs> the combination of the products they come up with and the voiceover is just superb. So I thought this week I'd pay tribute to my top six JML products that are on the market just now. <laughs> are you going to you going to do them in reverse order? Well, I think that giving them an order would almost be unfair. Because I don't know. Okay. Well, I know what my favourite is, and maybe we'll share the same view. But I'll go through the other five contenders. Yeah. That can I make it, make it close, but don't quite reach that top spot. All for different reasons. Um, yeah. But I'll just touch on what the item is, what it's called, which is the main thing, and what it does, uh, and just why I think I, it's so good. I, I think if like if you say if you say JML to me, there's only one product that comes to mind. There is, and it and it's definitely the number one, and it and it will all, all probably be revealed. Stay in, tuned in a minute. <laughs> um. So a couple of the a couple of the products I found. The first one, now, 
before I talk about any of these really, um, you have to say that some of these products do a job and seem quite good. <laughs> but the presentation of the adverts, to me, just makes it completely untenable. Untenable. <laughs> uh, the first one, the first one we've got is um, touch and brush. Touch and brush. Yeah, that's touch and brush. Right, <laughs> as in salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar. Yeah. So touch and brush is basically a dispenser for your toothpaste. So you know you've always got the trouble getting the toothpaste out, squeezing it right to the end. Yeah. Uh, and just in general, having to get a decent standard dispension amount. <laughs> what the touching brush does is it attaches with suction cups to a bathroom surface. <laughs> and uh, it's essentially a vacuum action. So you put the toothpaste in <laughs> this kind of holder and it's almost like a soap dispenser but you touch your toothpaste your toothbrush against the trigger right sort of using just a vacuum action this is not battery powered or anything it's just gravity and the way the trigger is it pulls the toothpaste out onto the toothbrush <laughs> right so you've got the perfect dispensed toothpaste amount every time and not only that is it uses every last drop of toothpaste without having to squeeze. That's that's what you want. I mean, where, where has this been before now? That that would be my only question. So it seems to be a kind of American product and they brought it across. It's in a sort of ugly dispenser looking thing. Right. Apparently does come in chrome. So well. for anyone within your bathroom or a, or a chrome based design then perhaps that variation's for you, but touch and brush, quick and easy toothpaste dispenser <laughs> makes in my top six. So I, I don't really know what's the angle that we're going for with this. So have we, have we turned into QVC or are we, are we wanting GML to sponsor the podcast? Is that the angle you're going for? Well, if GML sponsored, the, if anyone sponsored the podcast, I would be grateful. So maybe I guess this is a ploy to try and get sponsorship from them. Because <laughs> I'm basically pushing the products. <laughs> That's it. You're doing you're doing their job for them. I'm doing their job. They don't need an advert, just they need two minutes for chatting. That's it. Um, the next one is Handy Heater. <laughs> now, traditional plug-in heaters, as you might well know from recent experience, tend to be quite big, clunky and chunky. Indeed. Now, Handy Heater is essentially a plug-in radiator, but it's like the size of a plug-in air freshener, and it heats up to 250 square feet of room using only 500 watts, which is much less energy than a conventional heater. How, how does it work? So essentially, it's just almost like a kind of fan. It, it sort of heats up heating elements and then fans the heat okay. across the room, I think. And it's got a temperature range of between 16 and 32 degrees. 32 degrees? 32 degrees, yeah. No cables, attaches straight to the wall. And actually, I'm just going to run the video just now, but it's got 
innovative ceramic technology and it's compact and great for travel. The advert's superb. I think <laughs> I actually have to tweet a link to some of these. I can't watch it because I'll laugh too much. Andy, Andy Heater makes it in there. We could we could tweet out we could tweet out a link to these, or you could you could go down to Walk Brothers or something in the town, and they'll all be there. There'll be a screen somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and you'll you hear. Can go and see the Andy Heater for yourself. You'll hear his voice. What's the guy's name? Mike Carlson. No, Mike Carlson. Yeah. Carson, maybe. Carson, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Cody's. It's not Cody's, brother. I'm, think, I'm thinking of the guy that does the NFL on BBC. Right, yeah. Mike Carson, yeah. yeah he's Go done a few it. other things, but what a voice he's got. Indeed. The third item is Toilet Night. <laughs> now, night being spelled... With a K. With a K. <laughs> now, this product is probably gets in there because it's just totally pish and I don't see any reason why you would want it. <laughs> so what it is it's almost, you know, like the kind of the, the wee hooky uh, cleaner dispensers that you put on a toilet. Uh, like a, like a uh, toilet duck or whatever? Yeah, yeah, like a toilet duck. So it's kind of the same look as one of these but it, so it hangs over the rim on the outside is a, a motion sensor, so that's facing out into the room. Yeah. Uh, and on the inside is a sort of LED, a, a waterproof LED. So what happens is when the lights are out at night and you're scrambling about to try and reach the toilet in the dark, <laughs> this is a real thing that <laughs> the sensor picks you up and lights up the rim of the toilet. <laughs> Using one of seven colours and five brightness levels. <laughs> so you've got this picture here of the, uh, should, seven different toilets with different colours and it's got a flashing setting as well. The the rim ring. <laughs> and, uh, so the, the selling this is people think that the bathroom light's too bright or it wakes up other people in the room sleeping or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you just want the toilet lit up um, helps potty training, mm. improves accuracy, and reduces mess. <laughs> but uh, or you could just put the light on. You could just put the light on, but perhaps it's too harsh for many, and they feel the need for a toilet night. Mm. But people can make up their own minds. But for total shiteness, it's in there for me. I'm a bit skeptical about that product. Product four is the <laughs> oh I'm laughing even thinking about it is the trash tidy <laughs> so the trash let me let me put a situation what kind of bin have you got in your house like a is it a, is it a sort of is it is a pedal bag lined is it pedal bin is it bag lined is right so essentially the trash tidy is a dispenser for your your bags, your bin bags, but it sits at the bottom of the bin, <laughs> and you just pull them out like a dispenser when the old one's finished. So you've got a full bag in the bin, pull it out, tie it up, and down at the bottom you just slide out another one from the bottom of the bin from this trash tidy. So rather than 
messing around trying to get another bag from wherever it is you store it. Your bags are stored live, live in the bin. Um, Come and it can also, Come it can also be attached to walls, <laughs> inside cupboards, and uh, and stores almost any size disposable bag. I mean, is there a need for that? Absolutely not. <laughs> Fits almost any bin. Almost any bin. Yeah. Oh, in fact, fits in rubbish bins more than 22 centimetres wide. Mm. So it's the whole pull and tear replacement service. <laughs> going right, there. right. So like when you go in, when you go into like public toilets and stuff, and sometimes they've got like the, like the kind of towel thing. Yes, exactly that. But that on the bottom of the bin dispensing bin bags. Right. So that's the trash tidy. Okay. The final, the final contender is uh, perhaps the best name of the contenders. It's this. <laughs> <laughs> it's the snapping slice. <laughs> so this. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing. The what? The snap, snap and slice. <laughs> Why? It's a quick slicing and dicing kitchen system. Okay. Essentially, it's it's a it's a kind of almost a tray like a block of slicers, dicers, kind of wedging tools. Great for veg, cheese, meat and fruit. And it it's a kind of multifunction does everything slicer tool. Right. That that, <laughs> that includes a melon scoop, a perfect peeler and a worktop base. Dishwasher safe as well. I don't see a place for it in any kitchen, but I just love the name. Yeah, I think that's that's the mark of a GML product, really. You kinda the alliteration. It's the alliteration. The alliteration sells it. it does, and uh, but I guess that that then brings us on to to our number one product, and I think I'll give you the honour of talking through it. Okay. Well, if it's if it's the same one that that I think you're thinking of, it has to be the one and only snap screen. Absolutely, the snap screen. The snap screen from JML. Now, why why would I want a snap screen? Well, I'll 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 tell you, I'll tell you why. For for nothing else, Sam. Did you know that the snap screen has eighteen powerful magnets? You're joking. I'm not. They, these eighteen powerful magnets stick together, and when you walk between them, they separate. Right. So, what is, what is the purpose? Is it like a kind of a bug <laughs> trap type thing? It's kind of, yeah, yeah, I, I guess, I guess so. I don't, again, I don't actually know what it is. It's basically, it's basically a door, but it's a screen. Right, okay. I'm, uh, I'm going to have a wee look. Let's see. I'm on JML website now. Here we go. We've got the snap screen. Magnetised mesh bug-free door curtain. Right, okay. Available for only a tenner. Magnetised screen opening. Opens easily, snap shut in seconds. No tools required. Put up, take down. Perfect for pets and kids. Mm. Fits over single sliding and caravan doors. 
Now, when I've seen the advert for this, I can't help but think, is it reliable enough to go through with a full tray of drinks without spilling any? Because they do that about 10 times in the advert. Uh, I would have to disagree with that. If, you, if, you've got a, if you've got a tray, you've got a tray with drinks on it. Say maybe, I don't know, say maybe you've got six drinks. You're, you're entertaining for the night. You lift up the tray. You try. You you open up the snap screen. See, would you have to? Would you have to open it up? You would have to open it up with your hand, surely. Well, no. So it's advertised as you just walk straight through it. Right. Well, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that because there's because there's eighteen powerful magnets. It just doesn't. It just doesn't seem to work. But according to the videos and demos, if they're that powerful, surely they would just snap back together. Yeah, you would think so. So you you've got a tray of drinks. Let's like okay for for talking sake, the snap screen is open at this point. Well, you, see the, yeah yeah, carry on. You you I don't know. You you you're lifting the tray. You're maybe turning round towards the snap screen. You you'd have to go. You would have to go through it backwards. <laughs> so it it seems to me like can I go tray first? It seems to me like there the magnets are. Weak enough that they're broken on contact, but strong enough that they reattach once you're through it. So once it's open, they'll reattach. Mm. And uh, I'm going to have to go back and watch that advert, but for pure nonsense, I think that's why it makes number one for me. I don't see why anyone would buy a snap screen. No, I, I don't see a need for it. Especially here, you're never opening a door. And having hives full of insects, <laughs> <laughs> trying to fly in the door as soon as you open it. If JML, if JML could take this this wonderful technology to the third world, you know it, it would it would solve a lot of it would solve a lot of world issues. Yeah, yeah, no, I'd agree. Get your snap screens imported for I don't know some sort of fraction of the price. You'd be. You'd be buzzing there, just like the insects. <laughs> oh dear! Oh well, I think it's safe to say that we've done we've done a, a stellar job there. Yep, absolutely sold. I'm buying all of them. I'm going down to the range this weekend, and I'm going to take one Avrin. Right. Okay. Then I'm going to what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to test them out, and then I, I'll, uh, I'm I'm sold again. I'll see then, after I've tried them out, if they're any good or not. And if they're not, way back. Let me know. I will do. Have you got anything else you want to add into the any other business section? I feel like we should go back to the Phantom Menace, considering we neglected it last week. But Sure, yep. Only only briefly. Yeah, yeah, just touch on a topic of, of your choice. Right, okay. So the, the topic of choice for this week I would go with would be the would be the shields up scene. Uh-huh. So you know you know this scene, obviously. It's one of the most famous scenes in the Phantom Menace. Yep. Right at the start. Yeah, it's right at the start. I think <clears throat> most of our analysis from the film will probably come from the start. Mm-hmm. Basically, so it's it's the is it the ship that's the ship that's taken the Jedi? Yep. To have the meeting. Yep, on the Trade Federation ship. Federation ship. 
So, surely, surely you're, you're kind of going into the unknown here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's like the Celtic team bus parking yeah. outside Ibrox. Right. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um so you, with that in mind, wouldn't if you, if you had if you had the capabilities on board to have the shields up at all times, would you not just have them up? Yeah, so what so just explain to, to people what actually happens. So what what actually happens is the the scene where so wait, is this I'm 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 lost now. Is this is this after they've lost the Jedi? No, it's no, not. No, so this is not. So this is this is this is what starts. Just as they start to realise, yes. Right. Okay. So just, just as the as the Trade Federation realise that they have Jedi on board, they decide to take out their ship, and basically what what happens is this <laughs> this kind of I don't know gun like a gun of some kind a rotating blaster. Rotating blaster sort of falls from the ceiling, rotates one eighty degrees, and then opens fire on on the ship that the Jedi came in. Yeah. Obviously, by this point, the Jedi are no longer on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um. So already there, there's a number of questions. But was there anyone on board the ship at this time? Why was anyone on board the ship? Why did they like? So, yeah, so, they, so they lost essentially they lost the captain and what must be the co-pilot um, just through lack of lack of concentration yeah and then rather rather than the guy himself putting the shields up he turns around and says to the captain captain look yep rather than as, as the cannons turning around as the cannons turn around Incredible, incredible speed from him. I have to say to notice that, but he's he should be, you know, with, with kind of reflexes like that, he should have no problem putting the shields up. Yeah, the only thing I would say, maybe going against them, is if you've got a ship coming in. Mm-hmm. At which point, obviously, the Trade Federation don't know who's on it, what kind of people they are. Yeah, your detection system is saying. Mm, there's a ship coming in here with its shields up. Okay. You don't really want to be giving away the fact that what are you protecting and why? This is just supposed to be simple trade negotiations. Why would they need a shield? True. If they, if if they had that sort of if they had that sort of capability to detect that, then that's fine. But I mean, <clears throat> we know we know what Star Wars is like, so. Why doesn't why doesn't every ship not just have shields the shields up at all times? Mm. Considering the, the constant bombardment that they seem to be under. Yeah, it's a strange one. Saying that after the destruction of the ship, the Jedi get that that sixth sense that something's gone wrong. And had that not happened, would they have known? Would they have got it alive? I think they yeah, they they would have they would have well, they would have seen the dioxys gas coming in. We all know what, what our thoughts are on the dioxys gas. <laughs> I think what I think's happened is that Newt Gunray's decided that he wants to he wants to spruce the place up a bit and decided that the best way to sort of get rid of the get rid of the old the old paint, the old the old wallpaper 
is through dioxus gas. Do you think it's like a kind of Febreze, a plug-in? It could be, or just like like kind of steam, like you would, so like you would kind of. Yeah, yeah. To peel the paper. Yeah, yeah. So that's potentially what's going through his mind, and maybe that could maybe it just so happens that the Jedi are in the same room, and they've not been told. They've not been told. There's no the painter and decorators coming in in a couple of minutes. No warning signs. No. Well, it's another one of those those mysteries from that film. It is, and I'm sure there there are plenty more to be discussed in the future. Yep, absolutely, and we will do so, no doubt. Indeed. I think that um, that concludes things for fourth episode. I think so. We've had a good run there. Um, hopefully people have enjoyed it. Not too much, though. <laughs> Can't be enjoying it too much. <laughs> Even though it's maybe the highlight of some people's week. Yeah. Um, but I think that's us signing out for episode four, and, and we'll see you in uh, due course for the next one. Indeed. We'll see you see you on iTunes as well. See you on iTunes, yep. Stay tuned. Stay iTunes. Stay iTunes. Good night, folks. <laughs>